0: December 6th, the camera can move from place to place as well, a little like the castle on a chessboard. When Jochen woke up on Sunday morning, it felt as if he had just fallen asleep, for he hadn't woken once during the whole of the long night. Then he realized that he had dreamed, and as soon as he remembered the dream, it seemed to him that the night had been a long one after all. He had dreamed that the magic advent calendar was filled with small chocolate figures that turned into real animals as soon as he opened the doors and let them out. To stop them from running away, he had to lock them up in his secret box, and he only let them out on Christmas Eve. Then all 24 chocolate animals crept out through the window and set off through the countryside. They were going to Bethlehem, yes, to Bethlehem, because that's where Christ's child was born. Joachim knew that Jesus had loved all mankind, but in this dream, he had liked chocolate as well. Joachim sat up and loved. He was ready to open the thick store in the Advent calendar. Today there was a picture of a round tower, but he would look more closely at the picture afterwards. First he had to read what was on the piece of paper. Kaspar when the boat with Elizabeth, the angel Ephiriel, Joshua the shepherd, and the sweet sheep touched land on the Danish side of Öresund, they were welcomed politely by a well-dressed man. Elizabeth spotted him first. The angel, who was rowing, sat with his back to the shore, and Joshua was busy keeping the sheep quiet. There's a man over there, she said. The angel glanced over his shoulder and said, then he's one of us. The man was black and was wearing a dark cloak with gold buttons, red knit pants and sheepskin shoes. He came toward them and pulled them both up on the land. The sheep were the first to jump out and soon the pilgrims were also standing on the beach. The man wearing the fine clothes went down and took Elizabeth's hand. Greetings to you, my child, and welcome to Skelland. My name is King Kaspar of Nubia. Elisabeth, said Elisabeth, very politely. She wasn't quite sure how to behave. Perhaps she should have said that her name was Elisabeth Hansen and that she came from Norway, but that wouldn't have been very interesting after he had told her that he was the king of Nubia. He's one of the three wise men from the east, whispered "Or one of the three kings of the Orient, said Joshua, nodding. None of this information made the situation any easier for Elisabeth, she was going to say anything, it would have been that she was the princess of Toten or something like that. Then maybe the king would have believed that Toten was a mighty kingdom. The black king bowed again and said, The platter is on my side of Öresund. You should know that I've been standing here waiting for you for so long that in the end I had to play hopscotch between 701 and 1699. This was so puzzling that Elizabeth had to rub her eyes to see if she was awake. It was difficult enough to play hopscotch between squares on the pavement. How could the wise men play hopscotch between two different years? He explained, When I arrived on this shore in the year of our Lord, 1701, some fishermen appeared and they were so dismayed when they saw one of the three wise men that I had to take a step back. That's how I got to the year. 1700. I sat down and looked over Øresund, but after a while, a couple of soldiers on horseback came from the fortress in Copenhagen. They too were dismayed when they set eyes on a black king. You see, at the moment, I'm the only black man in the whole of Denmark, at least the only one who is a king of the Orient, besides. That sort of thing attracts attention, my friends. People find it hard to become used to something completely different. So I hurried back to the year 1699, and since then I have been waiting here. I have seen neither man nor beast, and I have no need to hide from sun and moon, or from the stars in heaven. For the stars in heaven are so close to God that they would never permit themselves to gossip about the life of humans on earth. Elizabeth didn't know whether she understood everything he said, but she did see that she was talking to a real wise man. He was so wise that she didn't know where to look. So it was a great relief for her when at least the shepherd thumped his crock on the ground and said to Bethlehem, let's go to Bethlehem. The little procession moved off again, the three sheep first, Joshua and Caspar, the black king next, Elisabeth and Ephiriel last. They leaped along broad, cobbled streets in a big city. Ephiriel explained that it was Copenhagen, the king's city. It was so clearly in the morning that the streets were almost deserted. Elizabeth thought it was nice to see such a big city without any cars. But you had to put up with the horse droppings that were fertilizing the streets. Elizabeth was used to seeing that only when she visited her cousins at Toten. The time is 1648, announced the angel Iphiriel, It's the last year of Christian IV. He became king of Denmark and Norway, when he was still a child, and that was many years ago. Of Norway too, Asked Elisabeth? Of Norway too, yes, because Norway is part of Denmark at this time. It was Christian IV who founded Kristiansand and Koksberg, and he gave Oslo the name Christiania. He is very fond of Norway and has visited the country often. They soon arrived at the very center of the Danish capital, They stopped in front of a church with a round tower at the one end. That's the round tower which King Christian has built onto the new Trinity Church, said Iphiriel. Even though church towers look composing, he thought they could make better use of. So the round tower has been built both as a church tower and as a watchtower where astronomers can work in peace and quiet, studying the movements of the planets and the position of the stars in the sky. For these are the days when the first telescopes were being invented. That's a strange mixture, said Elizabeth. She felt that she, too, had to say something clever every now and again. But she had no luck this time, for the wise man shook his head. The stars are created by God, too, he said. So studying the stars in the sky can be like a whole church service. But here they have neither deserts nor camels. Elisa stared at him, and the wise man continued, The best way to study the stars, in the opinion of all wise men, is to sit on the back of a camel in the desert. It's almost like sitting in a tower, but a camel can move from place to place as well, a little like the castle on a chessboard. The only thing that's a little difficult for a camel is to go through the eye of a needle. Elisabeth looked at the wise man in astonishment. She was not at all sure if she agreed that the back of a camel could be compared with a church tower. Nor was she so sure that a dither could be compared with a chessboard. Caspar cleared his throat. The drawback of a watchtower is that it usually stands stock still. I have myself seen a tower that has stood in the same spot for more than a thousand years. The old walls must get bored with the view on the other hand, they experience how people come and go, and perhaps that gives them insight. Elisabeth nodded and with a gesture, Caspar made sure that none of the others spoke. Then he eagerly continued. There are exactly two ways of becoming wise. One way is to travel out into the world and to see as much as possible of God's creations. The other is to put down roots in one spot and study everything that happens there in as much detail as you can problem is that's totally impossible to do both at the same time elizabeth was again struck with the wonder of the wise man's words to be on the safe side she clapped her hands and the angel and the shepherd did the same casper was infected by the enthusiasm and began clapping too because he was so pleased with all that he had said elizabeth thought it must be fun to keep thinking thoughts that were so clever that people wanted to clap their hands It was as if the wise man had read her thoughts, he said. Thinking clever thoughts is almost like being at a circus. And I don't mean a circus with clowns or elephants, but a real thinking circus. Let it be said once and for all. However, I'm grateful to all clowns and elephants for their attention. Joshua thumped his crock on the cobblestone. To Bethlehem, he said, to Bethlehem. The procession began to move along the streets again, the sheep first, the shepherd, the wise man, the angel, and Elizabeth following. Through the city and out to the country they went, between swaying wheat fields and cool, leafy woods. Elizabeth thought Denmark was a very flat country. It seemed to be extra flat, because she could see no tall buildings. The only things that pointed up occasionally were the churches they passed, All of them had built in honor of a little child, who once upon a time was born in Bethlehem. They saw the sea in the distance and came down to a small town called Khorzor, which lay beside the Great Belt, the broadsand between Sjaland and Finn. The people in the small town almost fell over when they glimpsed the astonishing procession, but their terror lasted only a short time. For the next moment the procession had moved one or two weeks back in history, of the town. Then there were other people who glimpsed the pilgrimage for a second or two. That's why there was continual talk of angels at that time. Joshua pointed to a large rowboat at the water edge. We have to borrow that, he said. Hurry up now. It's nearly 1600 years after Jesus' birth. And he chased his sheep on board. Elisabeth felt she had to ask the angel whether he wasn't stealing, but Ephiriel reminded her that Jesus had to borrow Naz when he rode into Jerusalem. A little later, they were out of the great belt. The angel rode with one oar, King Caspar with the other. The wise man had to work hard to row as strongly as Ephiriel. When Mama came in to look at the Advent calendar, Joachim forgot that he wasn't supposed to talk about what he had read. She peered at the picture. That must be the Tower of Babel. Joachim shook his head. Oh no, that's the round tower in Copenhagen. Mama looked at him, astonished. Who told you about that? No idea, replied Joachim, because that's what Mama usually said when he asked her a question she couldn't answer. Besides, it's impossible to play chess with a tower like that because it stands stock still. And if you sit in it, you quickly get bored with the view. But on the other hand, you may get some insights. Mama clasped her hands. Joachim thought she did it because he had said something clever. But all she said was, Oh Joachim, where do you get all this from?